Josie DeVidio is a woman with too much time on her hands and a curiosity to explore the human experience with a passion to bring entertaining and informative content to your ears. Real talk, real people. This is Josieology. Hey friends, welcome to Josieology. I am your host, Josie DeVidio. I am a mom, a podcaster, and a lover of all things sleep. My guest today is Christine Stevens, a certified sleep consultant and owner of Sleep Solutions by Christine. She's been featured in the Washington Post and Business Insider and is a regular contributor to Romper.com and Thrive Global. She works with exhausted parents worldwide who've tried everything to get their kids to sleep. Hey, Christine, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. For those of us who don't know you, tell us about yourself and how you became a sleep expert. All right. Well, let's see. I, I was always a lover of sleep. And yes, uh, I am a mom as well. Um, I live uh, just, just around the D.C. area. And uh, the reason that I got into sleep was really kind of through my own experience. Um, I have what, you know, she's now five years old, uh, daughter. And as a baby, she was not the best sleeper in the world. And so I, um, I was working full time, carrying two cell phones, taking care of a whole bunch of people as an operations manager. And this poor child wouldn't sleep at night. And, you know, I kept trying different things and everybody, my family, my friends, I kept Googling, you know, help. Why won't my baby sleep? Why won't my baby sleep? And amazing. It just never seemed to get any better. And so fast forward, she's now about, she's now about six, seven months old. And this baby is literally waking up every hour all night long. Oh man. And I'm pretty sure I wore a rut in my floors from walking this baby from one end of my house to the other, nursing, bouncing, swinging, rocking, feeding, anything I could do to get this kid to sleep. So I'm trying to go to work on three, maybe four hours of sleep a night. I'm I'm just, you know, really going, I'm just barely hanging on, drinking way too much coffee and just trying to survive. And finally, I was just, I was at my breaking point. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Right. It's just, it's too much. You know, I, no one can survive on that little amount of sleep. No. And so I was on the phone with a friend of mine one day and I'm literally crying to him on the phone. I just, this kid won't sleep. I don't know what to do. And, you know, just kind of just pouring it out to him because I was just so frustrated. I did not know what to do at this point. I thought, that I kept, if I kept trying it, everybody kept telling me it was going to get better. Oh, she just wait till she's a little bit older. Just wait till she's a little bit older. You know, she'll sleep at night. Right. And I was like, I got to do something. And that friend said, I have somebody who can help you. And I was like, okay, I'll stand on my head for two weeks. If that's what it takes. Right. And lo and behold, I, I worked with another sleep consultant and that baby, that sweet little girl of mine, slept 10 hours straight, three nights into it. Whoa. After three nights. And I did, I, I did not have to say night, night, see you later, shut the door and let her scream until she went to sleep. It was not what I had to do. I was with her the whole time. And I remember waking up that morning going and looking over in her crib, which is right next to, to our bed and kind of looking at my husband going, she's still asleep. And he's like, shut up, lay down. <laughs> right. Stop talking. Don't wake her up. Yeah. He's like, don't say anything. Don't jinx it. So 
that that sleep consultant contacted me and said, you know, hey, you had such a great experience. Would you ever consider teaching? And I, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I have just figured out that I don't have to be a sleep deprived parent. Sign me up. Right, exactly. I mean, I don't even know that sleep consultant was a thing. So this is brilliant to me. I, you know, I don't know if you know a little bit about me, but I am a dentist. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because over the years of my career, you know, I've met so many people and I always ask them what they do. And it's always fascinating to me what their jobs are, because it's usually stuff I've never even, you know, thought of or knew was a job. So when I heard that you were a sleep expert, I'm like, I have got to talk to this person and see what this is all about, because I would have wanted this, you know, my kids are 16 and 15. And they ended up being good sleepers earlier on because I was, you know, because I am a sleep lover, figured I need to figure out a way to get them to sleep sooner rather than later. So there were certain things that I tried that I kind of figured out on my own. But to have someone who's an actual sleep consultant, I mean, that is brilliant to me. So why didn't we have this before? I don't know. I wish if I had a dollar for every person that's come up to me and said, where were you? Right. A certain number of years here. Um, I, I would have totally hired you. So yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a newer industry, niche industry, um, but it's out there. There are definitely lots of us out there now. And there's kind of some main, there's about three main training programs that are out there of people that are teaching their different methods about sleep. And, you know, I chose one and I've been so happy with it. I mean, but it's, it's afforded me just opportunities to work with some of the great, just great families and really change the way that people do things. And it's amazing what happens when parents start getting enough sleep at night because their kids are sleeping. Right. And they get to do it how they want to. Yeah, because it affects your whole family when one child, you know, it's like the smallest little human on the planet affects the dynamics of the whole family if they're not sleeping right. Hey, same thing with even the older kids. It's it's not just babies. I have families of all age kids come to me and say, I need help. It's real. It's when parents are going, I, I don't know what else to do. I feel like I've tried everything and nothing really seems to work and I just haven't quite figured it out but I'm there to hold their hand and really just show them here are all your different options when it comes to helping your child sleep at night so that they, they do get to make those choices as parents and absolutely do it the way that they want to, but ultimately getting to their goal of, you know, the whole family sleeping at night. So what are some of the common mistakes parents are making when it comes to getting little ones to sleep? You mentioned the older kids. If this is a problem when they're older, I'm assuming it was a problem to begin with. I mean, I'm sure things are varied and whatnot, but I imagine we inadvertently are setting us ourselves up to have this issue at some point. So what are the mistakes that parents are making? Yeah, a lot of it, I mean, consistently is consistency, um, is probably one of the biggest problems that I see with parents that they've just, they've done so many different things. They've tried so many different other methods, tricks, tips, whatever it is. Kids are just so confused. They have no idea what's going on. And kids really thrive on consistency and routine. I believe it. They like to know what's coming up next. They like to know that it's, it's about time to put your shoes on and go outside versus just, okay, let's just go outside. Right. Or they like to know that 
just like us, we all have a bedtime routine too. Most of us don't just walk into our bedrooms and fall flat on our pillows and go to sleep. Most of us will go brush our teeth, put on some pajamas, maybe read for a few minutes. Kids are the same way. When you when they know what's coming next, they're going to go to sleep a whole lot easier. Yes, I believe it. When I told my listeners that I was going to be interviewing a sleep expert, they submitted a bunch of questions for me to ask you. So <laughs> here we go. All right, throw them at me. What age is the best to start sleep training? Oh, good question. I get this one a lot. Any age is fine. It is when parents have decided that, okay, maybe what we're doing is no longer working. So I, I work with babies six weeks all the way up through older kids and teenagers and adults. And it's really when parents say, what I'm doing is no longer working. Um, because I'm going to use, I'm going to recommend different methods for different ages. I'm not going to use the same methods that I, with a newborn that I would with a 12 month old or a, a four year old. I'm going to do things totally different to, to help them introduce those healthy, healthy sleep, independent sleep skills so that they do sleep at night. Do you think that parents who are having their first child, so new parents, have this idealistic vision of what their baby is going to do once they're here? I mean, <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like, um, you know, all of us seasoned moms, when we have our friends who are having their first child or are trying to warn them, like, oh, you're going to want to do this and make sure you're ready for that and whatnot. And sometimes it, it sort of falls on deaf ears because I think new moms act like, well, maybe your baby did that, but my baby is not going to do that. So is there anything that moms who are expecting, right? So expectant mothers can prepare themselves for either mentally or physically have something available so that they can start, I don't know, being in the zone for healthy sleep patterns when their baby is here? Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you can start introducing even just some small skills, even at a few weeks of age. And one thing that I really like is just even when babies, you know, a week or two old and they've, they've, uh, their cords fallen off, start doing a bedtime routine. Nothing wrong with doing that at whatever your bedtime routine looks like. Do it the same set of actions in the same order about the same time every single night. And baby will start to get used to the idea of, oh, it's time to get ready for sleep. So uh, little things like having a bedtime routine, you know, schedules aren't so much uh, needed as a, as a newborn because their sleep's all over the place. They're going to have some pretty inconsistent days and nights for about the first three to four months. So parents don't worry about trying to implement a schedule until they get a little, you know, a couple months old, then it's time to start making sure that they have a little more consistent days and nights and practice makes perfect. You know, if you, if, you know, baby doesn't seem to like their crib a whole lot, well, it's, it's kind of a new thing. But eventually, if you want them sleeping in their crib, you have to try it and you have to try it over right and over again. Well, I think that's good wisdom about preparing your nighttime routine. My older son, he's 16. And when he was little, we would give him his bath at nighttime and that would soothe him and calm him down. And so every night you could tell that he was learning to relax in the bath and getting ready to go to sleep. And even now, he has to shower at nighttime. Like, that's his thing. He doesn't, not a morning shower person. Like, I need the shower in the morning to wake up. He 
can only relax and get ready to go to bed when he showers at night. And I believe it's because we were doing that from the beginning with him. So I think that's wise counsel to, you know, yes, things will change when they're little. They change a lot. Schedules can be erratic. But that one thing that's going to be long term, which is a bath or an evening bedtime routine, you can implement that, you know, day one, really. Right. So the next question that listeners asked was, what age should a baby sleep in his or her own room? Because the American Academy of Pediatrics says that six months, uh, ideally, you should have the baby six months in your own bedroom to prevent SIDS. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this seems counterproductive to sleep training. Well, and I don't like to use the word necessarily sleep training as the, as changes, is more like changes in behavior when, when I work with kids in sleep. But to answer the question about when babies should move to their own room, it's really family dependent. It is personal preference. Yes. American Academy of Pediatrics says, you know, at least the first six months. And usually when you're still doing, I mean, you're still doing night feedings at that point and, you know, babies are still pretty needy for those first couple of months. And so it is a good idea to have baby fairly close by. Um, But yes, they do make a whole lot of noise at night and it can be disturbing to some of our sleep, which is true. So one thing to do is really when you are ready to move your child to their own room, totally up to you. If they're still going to be in your room, then maybe move their bassinet or their crib a little bit farther away from your bed so that you're a little bit less likely to hear every coo, gurgle, whatever noise they make in the middle of the night. Or use a white noise machine. Start to drown out some of the noise um, so that you know, you're not waking each other up every time you roll over and go back to sleep. Oh, yeah, that's a good tip. Another question that was asked was, is there a way to get your toddler to sleep longer? I, that question hit home for me because my son, my older son, he has been waking up at 6 a.m. forever. And no matter what time I put him to bed in the evening, he would always wake up at 6 a.m. And apparently this listener has the same problem. So she wanted to know, what, is there anything that she can be doing to get her toddler to sleep longer in the morning? I, well, I'd have to find out. Make sure that, that your child's getting enough sleep overall, first thing. Um, and you have to look at things like their schedule, what kind of nap schedule. Are they napping? Are they not napping during the day? Um, but one of the things that I find that helps kids sleep a little bit later, especially during these summertime months, are blackout curtains. You have got to have their rooms as dark as you possibly can make them. And even that little bit of light bleeding from behind the curtains may be enough to wake them up. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, make make rooms as dark as you possibly can, whether it's naps or nighttime. Yeah, that's a really good tip because I do notice even for myself when I'm traveling, you know, hotels have these amazingly dark curtains in their rooms. They're so good. Yeah, and you could sleep forever. I mean, assuming your bed is comfortable, you could sleep forever in those rooms because they're so dark. But yeah, that, that's that's awesome. We should do that in the baby's room for sure or toddler's room. Yeah, definitely. Any child, anybody's room, child's room, adult's room. Yes, make your room dark. That sunshine's going to naturally start to wake you up. Okay. Another question we had was, so let's say you have a two and a half year old and they're still waking up multiple times in the middle of the night uh, and just need your reassurance that you're there. She wanted to know, how do you get that? How do you get that to stop? Why, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you'd have to figure out why they're waking up in the middle of the night, but it sounds like the baby or child just needs reassurance that mom is nearby. Well, at two and a half, at two and a half years old, yes, it's probably more just a reassurance. Um, they're 
maybe they may be waking up out of habit if they're used to waking up about the same time every single night. But kids are going to naturally, you know, have a little bit of separation anxiety. And I have never asked a parent, ignore your child, walk away, just shut the door and go and go away. No, 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 no. I mean, go to your kids and see what they're see what they need. Maybe they've had a bad dream or they just need kind of covered back up to go back to sleep. Um, but it's, if it starts to become a habit where you have to go in and cover them back up and pick up their lovey off the floor, because that's another one that they'll sometimes use. Oops, I dropped my, do- I dropped my dolly on the floor again. Right. Um, so if that starts to become a little bit of a habit, then parents have to start setting boundaries around sleep and deciding how you want to do things in the middle of the night. So if, if you don't want to have to go pick up the lovey 10 times, then teach your child to start, you know, you can pick up your lovey too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because that was the, an, another question that someone asked is, you know, their three-year-old has a blanket that comes off every night and then they end up waking up. So the first thing that came to mind for me was like, well, if, if they're waking up because their blanket's off, maybe their body's cooling down. And so that's waking them up. So potentially could that be addressed by just wearing different kinds of pajamas? Maybe. I mean, you, you want room, kids' rooms to be around 70 to 72 degrees. And if you're finding your child is just too cold, okay, then put them in warmer pajamas. But if you find them getting a little too hot, okay, a little bit cooler pajamas. And, but if it's turning into, I just need covered back up every single time you have to go back in there, now it's, it's a bit more of a habit. So do things like practice during the day of let's pull our covers back up so that you go back to sleep in the middle of the night. You can do this. Right. Yeah, you could definitely train a three-year-old. It's just, I think sometimes moms feel guilty about it. And so, you know, they're like, oh, the baby wants me. I'm, I'm going to go in there and do it. Even though it's exhausting, it's, I'm sure, uh, mixed emotions about how to deal with it. Yeah, they can. I mean, we're, we're all working. We're all away from our kids. We always want to spend more time with our kids. But remember that getting sleep and getting enough sleep at night is something that we all need to be healthy. And when that, when that routine at night is getting to be madness and parents are just really, they keep doing the same, over, same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, well, it's probably not going to change very much. So if it's not working, you've got to change what you're doing. So Christine, when we come back, uh, I want to hear about weaning, bottles, cups, breastfeeding, because we had a lot of questions about that. So when we come back, let's discuss that. Friends, I'm so excited to present Josiology's first promo code. This is a very generous discount brought to you by Cushy Closer, which is the premier door cushion on the market. A Cushy Closer is a thin but durable door latch cover cushion that you hook onto your doorknob so that your door can't slam shut which of course is going to happen as soon as your baby falls asleep, right? So go ahead and pick yourself up one of these cushy closers. You're not going to regret it. They come in a variety of fabrics and colors, and the workmanship is really high quality. Cushy Closer is offering listeners of the Josiology podcast 35% off any order until September 30th, 2019. You heard that right, 35% off. So go to their website, cushycloser.com, and check out all the neat styles they offer. When you're ready to check out, use the promo code Josiology, and you'll get 35% off your order. But hey, if you're driving right now while listening to this, 
Please drive safely, and when you reach your destination, then go to cushycloser.com. Or you can always find the promo codes on our Josiology private Facebook group. That's where I'm putting all of the promo codes for the various episodes, so you might want to join the private Facebook group just to stay in the loop. You will need a password to get in, though, because it is private. The password for this episode is snooze. Once you're in the group, all the info you need to get this generous discount from Cushy Closer will be there until September 30th, 2019. Of course, you can also go to the podcast website, josiology.com, and I'll have all the promo codes listed on the show notes for each episode as well. Happy shopping. All right. So Christine, one of the questions that listeners asked was, how do you wean your child off of bottles or cups or breastfeeding? Because for some of these kids, as they get older, it's really more about the routine and the habit than it is about actual nutrition. Yes, that's right. It, it, it really does become more about a habit than actual nutrition. Um, so what you have to do is you have to, if your little one's used to kind of falling asleep with, say, a bottle in their mouth or a sippy cup in their mouth, and I've met a couple of older kids that did this, that you have to change the association around sleep and eating or, or drinking. Um, and so that, that that's not the last thing that happens before they go to sleep at night. And change is going to take time. It's, it's, it doesn't always happen within a night or two. It's got to be done consistently. But obviously, as a dentist, you know that kids need to be brushing their teeth before they go to bed Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. No baby or child should be falling asleep unless they have water in their bottle or sippy cup. They should not be falling asleep while drinking anything other than water in, in you know, any container before falling asleep. They really should be brushing their teeth. So you could, in theory, exchange that routine or that trigger for sleep with, you know, instead of the bottle, fine, you finish the bottle, but now we brush our teeth first. There you go. And then go to sleep. That's right. Our kids are used to, fall, they find a way to fall asleep. They figure out and they learn a way to fall asleep, whether it's a baby, a toddler, a child, whatever. They've all learned how to fall asleep. It's a skill like anything else we learn. And when you've got to learn a new skill, such as not going to sleep with a bottle in your mouth, then yes, we have to change it. And it takes time and it takes practice. Absolutely. So some very tired moms were asking me, how do they get their bodies off of the old sleep schedule? For example, if you're breastfeeding, you know, at 1am, 3am, and then 5am, and then now your baby is sleeping longer, but your body is still waking up at one, three, and five because you're, <laughs> you're used to feeding them at that time. So is there something they can be doing to help them transition to the newer feeding times more easily? You would think they would just be tired enough to sleep through. But you know, now that I'm entering middle age, I'll say entering even though I'm fully in it, but now that I'm entering <laughs> middle age, I understand this concept from, you know, at this age, because no matter how tired I am, I'm waking up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. some nights. And um, so she wanted to know how to transition so that you can catch up to now what your baby is needing, which is less wake up time. Well, a lot of times it's uh, it's just like kids. It can become a habit where you're just waking. And like you said, you're they're anticipating that baby's going to wake up and need to be fed. Well, if you're not feeding anymore, so they can do one of two things. 
Um, if you're, if you're breastfeeding and you want to continue breastfeeding and maybe your baby is sleeping longer at night, but you're still continuing to breastfeed, obviously, then maybe pick one of those times as a pumping time. And I would pick like a, like maybe the 5 a.m. time. Right. <laughs> I, nobody needs to be getting up at one or 3 a.m. It's just too early. But you know, you can use that up. You can use it as an opportunity to pump or if you're just, you know, you're just waking up then look at how you're getting yourself back to sleep. Are you just kind of waking up and rolling over, pulling up the covers and going back to sleep yourself? Or are you more or less anticipating the baby's going to wake up or knowing that that baby's just sleeping and has been for, you know, some time, then just do a little bit of quick meditation to yourself to, to remind yourself, okay, baby's, baby's comfortable. They'll call me when they need me, but I need to get back to sleep. That's, this is my to-do right now is to go back to sleep and just work on getting yourself back to sleep. I've been on your website and I see that you have a lot of great info on there. You have a lot of resources for parents on there as well. Describe for our listeners how your services work because you're located on the East Coast, but I know that you work with parents worldwide, really. I do. How does that work for them? Well, when I, when I work with parents, I have to start out by getting to know all about their current situation with their child. So child's age, abilities, their temperament, even things like their parenting style, family's normal rhythm, like what time does everybody get home at night? Um, so I get to know the full picture of everything that's affecting the child's sleep. I get an idea of what's working, what's not, um, so that I can help them to set those goals, set those expectations. Then I, I take all that information and I put it into a custom sleep plan for their child that tells them exactly what to do step by step. Here's what to do at bedtime. Here's what to do as your child's falling asleep. And I give them options of how to do that because every, every parent's different. Every family is different. So I give them different options of how to do that. But we talk about things like how to handle night wakings, night feedings if their child is still eating at night what to do if your child jumps out of bed in the middle, whatever the situation is, how to handle all these different situations and definitely including naps so that their child is, is going to obviously meet their goals of being able to sleep at night, but also balancing out how much sleep it, that child needs. So they're getting enough sleep. Um, then what I do is I sit down with the parents. I spend about an hour. Then we go through that plan. And I want to make sure that the parents are comfortable that, with everything that we're going to do. So I do a lot of explaining around um, how I expect things to work. This is where we talk more about their parenting style and how they want to do things and uh, make sure that they're confident they know what to do when they start their, their sleep plan. Now, is this something you do live if they're local to you or do you only do it like remotely by, you know, Skype or Zoom or whatever? No, I do. I work, I will go see a family um, in person if they live in the DC area, but anywhere in the world, it's amazing what you can do with video chat these days. You're going to get the same information as if I was sitting in your living room, but you can sit there with your cup of coffee and your pajama pants and learn how to get your child to sleep all night. So once we do, once we do that consultation, then parents have me usually for three weeks to work with them. So I make sure we are following up so that they're following the plan. So I'm keeping them accountable. I'm making sure things are working so that the method that we've chosen to help the child sleep at night is actually working. And if something's not working, 
we're going to change tactics to find what works for that child. Do you remember several years ago, there was that TV show like The Nanny or? The Super Nanny. The Super Nanny, right. The Super Nanny. Do you ever like work with parents and are like, you guys are a nightmare. No wonder your kid isn't sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to, I like to really help parents set and, and set expectations for parents. I also like to show them what is actually possible for their child to sleep at night. So for instance, I would not expect a, uh, an eight week old to sleep 12 hours straight a night. Right. It's just, it's, do some of them do that? Absolutely. But on average, most of them don't. So when a parent says, hey, I want my, you know, here's what I want. Here are the goals that I want to get to. Then I will help them. Okay, here's, here's the method that I expect. And at this age, you know, maybe you still need a night feeding or yeah, you don't, your kid doesn't need a night feeding anymore. I recommend we work to get rid of those so that your child sleeps all night. It's a lot about setting expectations and what is explaining what's normal about children's sleep so that parents can, we can work together to balance out sleep needs versus, you know, what they, what they want to get out of their night. I'm, I don't know if they still do this because it's been years since I had my kids, but when my, when I was pregnant, our local hospital had like birthing classes um, that you would go to, to, to know what to expect when you're going to deliver. I'm kind of dumbfounded that we don't have like parenting 101 or like baby 101 classes. Like, okay, your baby's here. Now here's what you should be doing or, or thinking about. Or, you know, you have a lactation consultant that will come into the hospital to help you with that. And why don't we have sleep consultants going into hospitals to teach parents, you know, or to set them up for success of like, okay, here's, you know, five things you can do when you get home because you're going to be so overwhelmed with everything now that you have your baby that here's something to help your life. You know, I, I really think we need to push for that. Parents, as educated as they can be before the baby comes, once the baby comes, it's like a lot of that goes out the window because there's just so much to think about now. So I think it would just be so helpful to have a lot of this information from the get-go. It is. It would be, it would be wonderful if they had, if someone had said, hey, you want to pay attention to sleep when you bring a baby home. And not and knowing what to get into, I do monthly classes that, and I do free webinars and I'll do paid webinars too about you know what to expect about children's sleep so that parents get that out there. Uh, one of the things that I've that I kind of have found is that there's a, a few misconceptions about what actual sleep consultants do, and I've no kidding had someone a professional who said, I don't even want to meet this woman because we had a mutual friend who said, oh my gosh, she has this great job. She, she helps children sleep. And this woman said, I don't even want to meet her. She's a sleep consultant. She's, she's immediately, ugh, I don't want to talk to her. Why? Because she said, I was, I was there to, um, she had some very different ideas about things and that I was there to ruin the breastfeeding relationship. And I was there to tell them parents that you have to say night, night and let your kid, your child cry it out until they go to sleep. And just some real myths about sleep and, and how I help families. So I think that's a little bit out there. Like there's a little bit of fear mongering that goes on whenever anyone hears kind of the, sometimes hears the phrase sleep training, which is why I don't like to use it. Right. It can be kind of scary for parents of, well, what is this person going to tell me to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, for me, I love sleep so much that to me, your job, I mean, you sound like a breath of fresh air to me because I'm like, how to get baby to sleep? Awesome. I want that. 
But I think that some parents, some moms in particular, maybe wear their lack of sleep, their sleep deprivation as a badge of honor in some ways. Like, hey, I'm up all night with my baby, so I must be an extra good mom. But I think what moms have to understand is being a good mom is setting your child up to have healthy habits. And sleep is one of the most important things that we need, not just to grow as a baby, but as we get older to be physically healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy. When you're not sleeping well, it affects everything else in your life. So if you're listening to this and you are having some of those preconceived notions about what sleep consultants do or the you know why this is important just remember that the habits you're instilling in your child now will serve them the rest of their lives similarly any bad habits that you instill in them now will affect their lives so it this is so important the good thing is it's never too late to teach your child good sleep habits whether they're a baby, they're a toddler, an older child, it doesn't matter. It is never too late. Um, I've met a lot of families that just thought they were going to suffer through it for a couple of years and then maybe decided when their child was two or three years old, mm, okay, maybe this isn't great working anymore. And you know, maybe we need to do something now. You can absolutely have, I work with all different types of parents, attachment parents, helicopter, whatever you want to call it, all different types <laughs> of families that you still, and I show them that, yes, you still can have that, that super great attachment. I know I have a wonderful attachment with my own daughter, sometimes enough that I'd like to kind of peel her off sometimes. <laughs> but you can have that attachment. You have that love and support. You can support your child as much as you want while you're teaching them a new way of doing things. I think that's important to say again, that it doesn't matter what your parenting style is. I think some parents get caught up in my style of parenting is better than your style of parenting. But all styles of parenting have advantages and disadvantages. And it sounds like you've come across parents from all different parenting styles whose children have issues with sleeping. So it's not that one parenting style sets somebody up for worse sleep than another. Am I correct? Right. That's right. You, you mentioned that you are offering webinars and, and you're speaking. Tell us a little bit about that. Where do you typically offer these classes? Is it on your own website or with, through other organizations? Where do you speak? That, that way, if listeners are in your neighborhood for those events, they can come check you out. Oh, yeah. Local. I mean, obviously local to the D.C. area that I will do in-person events. I have done talks at everything from different daycares as more of a continuing education for their daycare providers so that they can help the babies and the children that are in their care to sleep better when they're with them. I've done classes at sip and sees or, you know, baby viewings. Those have been a lot of fun. Um, a lot of families will hire me to come and basically just, they ask me all kinds of different questions. And it's so much fun for everyone who's at the party because they really get to, it gets a lot of people talking and everybody gets excited about what their babies are doing and maybe even what they're not and how they can help each other out. Um, but also I do those webinars and I announce them on my website. I also announce them on Facebook and Instagram so that all of my fans get to see when they are. And uh, all they do is go to my website. They can sign up and they always get a recording if they sign up. And I actually just did one yesterday called, Will I Ever Sleep Again? Awesome. Yeah. Why don't you let the listeners know what your website address is so they can get that uh, webinar. 
Yeah, sure. It's www.sleepsolutionsbychristine, all one word, .com. And I will have the link in the show notes to your website as well as to your Facebook and Instagram so that listeners can follow you, uh, learn more about your services and what you're teaching and where so that if they're local, they can come check it out. If they are interested in having you do a personal consultation for them, how do they reach out to you? Easiest way is go to go to my website, www.sleepsolutionsbychristine.com and click on the contact button. Send me a note. Every person who contacts me, I give a free 15-minute evaluation call. I want to be able, before you commit to working with me, I absolutely want to make sure that we're a good fit. Personality-wise, uh, goal-wise, I want to hear about your situation. I just want to learn more about what's going on. And maybe there's some ways that I can offer to help you even just on that phone during that initial phone call. But we can also talk about different options that, that can help you because I have, I have different packages and different offerings uh, based on a family's need. This has been so interesting. And I really am excited that this is available for parents everywhere now. I'm a little sad for me personally, but my kids are sleeping now, so it's okay. But <laughs> What I am interested in talking to you about, actually, now that I am in my middle age, is middle age sleep. So I would like to invite you to come back for another episode where we can discuss sleep for older people, not babies, for maybe teenagers, young adults, and of course, the middle age sleep irregularity that pops up out of nowhere. I'm sure there's a place it pops out of, but you will teach me then. So we'd love to have you back on the show to do that. That would be great. I would be happy to do that. So friends, if you're listening to this episode and you have a child with a sleeping issue, which becomes your own sleeping issue, then I would encourage you to reach out to Christine through her website, where you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram. I'll have the links to those in the show notes. As you can tell, she is a wealth of knowledge and I know that she'll be able to help you get some sleep. Thank you so much for listening and we'll chat soon. Thanks for having me.